you're listening to Educating Jamie featuring Odin the Cat. This is a podcast where we speak to professionals from a variety of backgrounds, teachers, comedians, fashion designers, storytellers, therapists, entrepreneurs, and many more who will be educating me, Jamie Oliphant, a teaching assistant and stand-up comedian, as well as our resident professional Odin, who will be giving you his updates on how to navigate tricky life situations, all under 20 minutes because Odin has some very important business to attend to. Anyway, on with the show. Episode 2, thank you so much for all your kind words about the chat with Simon Lewis. Had some lovely messages for the teachers who listen. I hope that was cathartic in some way after the back-to-school anxiety. We had a review. Big thanks to Matt Skills, who said on the iTunes, Charming lad, charming idea, charming cat. Thank you kindly, sir. That review really does help us. And if you'd like to leave one, that would help us hugely and possibly keep some business with the dreamies. Had some queries last week as to why are you doing this with your cat? Firstly, that's rude. I work for him, not with him. I made the mistake the other day of telling him to go to bed. Here's how it went down. Bedtime. That is a guttural meow. The level of aggression in that is absolutely insane. Anyone who needs to learn how to give firm boundaries to people, this is how you do it. One more time, please. For anyone listening who's a people pleaser like me, that is how you say no. Free life lessons from Odin the Cat. Right, let's talk about episode two. We're speaking to Palika Sud. Palika, born and raised in Liverpool, currently living and working in London. At the time of our record, our conversation was focused around her fashion brand, Nahari Koram, how it came to be, as well as her background in poetry. Since then, Palika has recently changed career and is now a full-time writer and social media manager. Her writing passion began with poetry in her early teens. During the pandemic, she hosted creative writing workshops under her poetry name, Words by P. Without further ado, please enjoy Palika Sud. Hello. Hey Palika, how are you doing? Good, getting through this pandemic day by day. How's, yeah. how's it been? Like, So you've uh, relocated back back home? Yeah, back up to Liverpool. It's back been a bit of a, it was a shock to the system in yeah. the beginning I mean I lived away for eight years so to move back home and move back with family was a big difference um a big adapt how's that been sort of like were there different like phases of it where it was kind of like an adjustment period and then sort of like now you're kind of in the groove like how's how's that worked out oh my gosh there's been like four adjustments how do I start this <laughs> so um so I remember I was working one day and then it was like the Tuesday before lockdown or something in March last year and um, I was like gosh like do I move home because I just quit my job and gone freelance in February so I was just starting to build up like um, a rapport with new clients and booking in work so then it all got cancelled and I was like right what do I do do I move back to Liverpool do I stay here and try and figure it out and in the end I just decided the best thing would be to move to Liverpool so yeah and it was weird I went from working seven days a week in London to not working at all so yeah it was a big adjustment and then I moved to my uncle's house in May and then I moved back into my mum's in September so I've just been all over the place I would say Yeah. yeah I'm settled in a little bit now but we'll see so so you're at your mum's now yeah so I um, converted the dining room into my bedroom nice that's a good situation <laughs> has in terms of space wise has, has that been has that been good 
Yeah, I mean, I'm so used to having my own space and not having to, like, let anyone know when I'm coming and going, all that kind of stuff. So it's been an adjustment for me in terms of living with family again. But space-wise, yeah, it's absolutely fine, decent. I've got my own space, so... Specifically. So in terms of, like, your artistic, your work, Um, all these different sort of sides of your personality. So, like, I know you from... Uh, sort of like chatting to you in a mud coffee shop where you're working and then seeing your poetry as well which is amazing and people should definitely check that out online um and I was yeah just like interested to ask you what what else do you do because you seem to have like so many talents it's um funny isn't it how you meet people um for such a long time and then you don't actually know what each other does Um, but yeah when I met you so I worked weekends at mud cafe in Tooting so I worked for a menswear brand before that as a pattern cutter and garment technician so yeah it was a luxury menswear brand sorry it not was it still is yeah Um, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I did about two just over two years there um, before that I worked in e-commerce so I studied fashion design at uni came out of uni got into retail for about 10 months and then moved on to Net-a-Porter, which is a luxury e-commerce website um, so that was kind of like the other side of fashion for me because obviously I always did design full-time there I decided to do my own fashion show which <laughs> got me into a lot of debt but um, it was worth it because loads of places I was applying to for design work they were just like oh you don't have enough experience so I was like okay cool let me just give it to myself so I worked full-time four days a week eight till six and then I would go home in the evenings and on all my days off I would work on a collection um for about nine months and then yeah it was tough I did um fashion show on my out of my own money like loads of people were involved like people were doing photography videography we got all the models through friends I had an intern who was helping me sew the collection which was intense and now I look back and I, I hate it <laughs> well what did I make but, um... <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's always part of it though isn't it that's like the, that's like the sort of the the growth down the line of where you're like oh I could have done this and this but that's just a sign that you know you've moved forwards I think that's always like yeah absolutely um so yeah that actually helped me got the job at Kasimi because um, it kept my portfolio going but as fashion and as most industries in London it wasn't enough of a wage to sustain me which is why I worked at Mud at the weekend and worked my way into baristering for the first time nice I'm... hearing you talk about that 2017 fashion show that just sounded like that must have been such a relentless time of where you're doing the job during the day and then you're working in the evening. Yeah, so I um, lived in Southeast at the time. So I had a flat and I had a loft room. That was kind of my studio, which was I missed so much. It was so lovely. So I had my sewing machine up there, my pattern cutting table, but it was exhausting um, to put in all those hours. But I'm really proud of myself for doing it. Um, and I've always wanted to do my own brand, which I'm actually working on at the moment again, so I can talk to you about that soon. But yeah. And then with the poetry that you mentioned, so with every collection, I've always sort of written a poem to kind of narrate the, the concept almost. But um, 
poetry is only something I started sharing in 2019 online. It was always very private before that. You kind of, every time you do a collection, you kind of write a poem to sort of just narrate that personal experience and stuff? Um, it's not necessarily a personal experience. So for example, at uni, my final collection was about a boy who lived in a council estate but didn't really fit in and the whole concept was about how he was a bit softer on the inside maybe slightly feminine so the exterior of the collection was very tough and very like bold silhouettes but then um for example there was a jacket that had backpack shaped sleeves and you could unzip and open it and inside it would reveal the poetry which was his story um and it was like he wrote poetry so it was kind of more from the muse's perspective to explain the concepts of him trying to get out of this council estate and be himself that must be sort of like really helpful for you when you're kind of like putting the work together and sort of sewing it all together in terms of like having a kind of bigger picture in mind of what you're kind of working towards with that kind of inside narrative that's that's really fascinating thank you um stories are very big thing for me in everything that I do so yeah trying to make sure I understand the story before I try and expect everyone else to understand it is important. I didn't realise it was you know there was this many layers of like storytelling to it. I'm so glad you said that because it leads very nicely into my brand. (laughs) So Nahari Koram is my brand and initially you know I wanted to do it with just my own collection but when I worked in fashion it was very hard to like go home and continue to work on fashion if that makes sense. Sometimes your brain needs a bit of a break and um I'd say it was like 2019 towards the end when I decided to go freelance. Part of it was to find a focus, but also have more time to work on Nahari Koram. So Nahari Koram is going to now be a platform to share story. So I'm planning on launching the platform. I'm not going to sell anything yet. Yeah. The main aim is to share stories. So through blog posts, interviews with people, just getting to know the people behind the brand. Um, and it's kind of like bringing substance to style because I feel like lately, you know, people just buy brands because of the name. Yeah. The whole point of Nahari Koram is to share that story and showcase what the brands are about showcase their personality because I think personal branding is more important than brand branding if that makes sense so yeah Nahari Quorum is a platform for that do you feel like with this you can kind of go down a more personal route of storytelling than what you would be able to sort of yeah working for for other outlets and stuff yeah so when I've worked for other brands you don't really um you're not really exposed because we're in the background and we're just you know making the clothes for someone else's concept and i've seen how some brands will create concept for the sake of it because they need to and there needs to be a story for the collection but i think it's very important to know where and why the brand came about to be what it is now yeah which is the the story that I want to showcase so I don't want to show just the story about that collection I want to show the story about the designer and the reason like I'm not selling anything yet 
is because I want to build the right audience. Yeah. So the right kind of people want to come and actually know about these people. And then that would hopefully make them want to buy into them. And I think yeah. once you get the right people resonating with you, then it's just going to, you know, it's going to be amazing. sounds like the weirdest question in the world like what's your relationship with the pandemic but yeah it's like how do you feel about it now do you feel like it's really it's sort of like holding you back or do you feel like there's a few things that you can do in this moment um so i've been through a few waves with this pandemic in terms of nahari Koren, but also in terms of like personal development like my, myself and um moving home that was a big shock to the system and i was a bit like oh i don't know how to start the brand now am i going to be selling other people's stuff because factories were closed people weren't making clothes um so it was a bit weird because i was like i don't know how to approach this um i remember last february i did a video shoot and everything like in preparation but then i took a very slow approach i really didn't want to rush anything so the first lockdown i was kind of you know trying to find ideas and trying to put some stuff together and I even had people say like you know there's some factories open like you can just get clothes made easily and start selling them but that wasn't my aim and I think other people didn't understand that you know you could be making money by now and doing this but for me I was like I don't want to rush something that people then don't resonate with and it was my brother actually so he has his own marketing company and I'm working for him at the moment um, just on a temporary basis. But he was like, you know, you should start with blog posts. And then only recently in the last six months has the actual idea of what Nahari Quorum's going to start off as has been sort of born. This idea has been created through me working with him and understanding marketing, website building, um, social media, SEO, like all those technical things um so i think through the pandemic it's allowed me to slow down and kind of look at this at a different angle and look at this in a way that i want to launch with blog posts and i want to build the right audience first before it becomes e-commerce so i think for me the pandemic it's like really helped um put my thoughts into order and put the launch of Nahari Quorum into order for me and do it the right way yeah. yeah and I think it's all about remaining your authentic self because it's so easy for other people to say why aren't you doing it this way why aren't you doing that way when they don't realize the work that goes into it and I would rather produce something with substance than something that has no substance but it makes me it's like a quick fix you know um and I think that's a lot to do with like personal development as well, because with myself, I've been going through this journey of like learning a new side to myself, being at home um, and like learning what my own identity is. So if I'm saying behind every brand is a story, then behind Nahori Quorum is me. So it's like, what is it about me that's going into this brand? And I think that's one thing is that I really want it to be authentic and I don't want it to be rushed. So that reflects in that way as well that's cool that's really good like when you were talking about sort of like in this process learning about yourself and you know having to be patient because it forces you to slow down like i feel that in a big way like um 
for the last year, you know, I've just had so much time to myself that I've genuinely just learned so many things about myself that I didn't really know. Mm-hmm. And do you, yeah, do you feel like you've learned things? Has there been anything that you've learned about yourself that's really surprised you? Um, yeah, for sure. So um, I actually went through a breakup in December, which wasn't very nice. Oh, but I'm sorry to hear that. No, that's fine. But then I think for me, that's the first time I experienced heartbreak. Yeah. And it's really sort of caused me to reflect on myself because obviously when you go through a breakup, you think that, oh, what did I do wrong? And um, it was kind of like being able to do that self-reflection to realize like, okay, this is what I know I need to work on. But then also I need to realize that someone's reaction isn't a reflection on me. It's on their character. And yeah. one of the things that I was told was, I don't know myself. And actually, I really do know myself and I think I know myself on very many levels. And like when I said about coming home, so like I spent a lot of time with family that I haven't spent time with for years, Um, not so much my mum's side, but um, another side of my family and getting to know them and then kind of understanding a bit more about my childhood and all of that's come about because of what I've learned in this pandemic and like because of who I've lived with and because of who I've spent time with that I've learned a whole new side to myself and a whole new level in terms of my identity my values like my morals all that kind of stuff but also understanding why I am the way I am because of my past experience everything from childhood up until this you know falling in love and then having to unlearn that um so yeah I've been reading a lot as well which has really helped me but um yeah I think one thing that I've learned is what self-love is and how I can apply that Uh, yeah I was wondering like does childhood and things like that and those kind of family experiences does that have like an influence on your work um I'm not sure in terms of designing I think when I design it's very much about what what I'm going through in the moment um so like the first drop collection that I will do eventually has been all about perspectives on the pandemic but maybe more so in my writing how I react or how I feel to certain situations even if it's not um, like a I'm not writing about a past situation I'm writing about something recently the reason I might feel that way is because of what I went through in my childhood if that makes sense so it's more how that's affected my mindset or my way of thinking or my habits now Um, and I think that's one thing in this pandemic that I've really learned is how that's shaped my character and there's some things that I need to unlearn and there's some things I need to learn um, and change but I think yeah maybe more so my writing it's kind of reflected yeah yeah like we're so conditioned into our behaviors and actually one of the books I've read it's called All About Love by Bell Hooks and I am honestly telling everyone about it it's like yeah. Bible but in the book she talks about um, what love is and she gives a definition of love and one thing she said that really like I'm, I can't forget it is how 
we don't actually have lessons on what love is at school like it's not a curriculum there's not a subject we're just expected to learn it at home and it's like we look at our parents and stuff and we maybe blame them for the way that we are or like the experiences that we had but what we don't think about is they're human too and you've got to realize that when we were growing up they were probably still learning what love is and it's like how do we learn love and to be loving and to be caring and vulnerable and affectionate people if the people that were supposed to teach us that were still trying to figure it out for themselves so I think that's one thing that I've learned is to try and look at my childhood situation from a perspective where I look at the adults that were around me at the time as humans and like the fact that they were still learning and the fact that maybe they didn't know what love is or they didn't know how to be affectionate and I think one thing I've learned is that some people you either take a lack of something and you make it into the thing that you will make sure no one will lack from you or you take the lack of something and you become it so you think no one no one deserves that from me because no one gave that to me as a child if that makes sense so it's like applying those lessons further down in life like reflecting and realizing what you lacked and how you um, express that lack to the world that's that's a really beautiful sentiment there Pelika I think that's yeah so spot on in terms of becoming that sentiment that you see as a deficit that you think is like a necessary thing I've seen that you know in my parents with the way that they've reacted to their own kind of experience from from their parents and yeah that's that's a hundred hundred percent spot on that yeah it's had some big lessons especially the past couple months post heartbreak but you know that's one thing that I've taken from it is I've learned so much in terms of behaviors and character but yeah I think seeing people as human instead of seeing them as someone you're attached to just for a minute it kind of helps you understand why they might react or treat you a certain way Well, Palika, I don't want to take too much of your time, so I just want to ask, like, one final question to you. Um, This has been an amazing chat, by the way, as well, like, one of the most interesting ones that I've had so far. And um, I just wanted to ask you, as someone who's kind of, you know, started their own brand and kind of done their own thing, do you have advice for aspiring artists who want to do something similar to you? Maybe not just people who work in like the fashion industry, but just artists out there kind of taking that leap into the unknown while things feel a little bit uncertain. Like, what would you say to them? I would say it's okay to have a day where you don't do something and then you don't have to feel guilty about it. Because I think one thing I've experienced with friends and even with myself is, you know, especially during these times, it's like, oh, I need to get up and I need to do something. But actually to really let that creativity flow, you need to let your mind rest sometimes. And if you feel like you really need to do something, then my go-to is to get a notebook and just to write down a few words whether that's ideas or just experience that day. And then I think 
all of that will feed into your creativity and then on a day where you are a bit more productive you can use that because it's not like you didn't do anything that day you wrote down some words and doing a little bit is better than doing absolutely nothing if that's how you think so don't feel guilty don't feel guilty that's such a great sentiment i love that um palika thank you so so much for for doing this um you know just outside of the recording process i'm i'm so so grateful that you came on and like what you shared has been like a really amazing mix of like i'm so glad (laughs) yeah no it's 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 been really really great palika like you've been so genuine and like i massively massively appreciate that like thank you and um you know like uh, this was yeah you've been sort of like really vulnerable as well and really authentic on on this chat as as well and I'm I'm hugely grateful for that. There and... is vulnerability and strength. So it's like one thing that I've learned, Jamie, is for sure is that people think vulnerability is something that shows weakness, but actually vulnerability is strength. And I think that's something that I'm learning to do is be more vulnerable, but be very happy doing it because it's just being authentic and to be vulnerable is very scary so imagine if you're able to be vulnerable you're a very strong person so massively that's so true that's so true I feel like as well that's just something that I've been working on like the last couple of years is just Mm. trying to be more vulnerable and I feel like yeah just that I have a much better time with people sort of when I'm a bit more vulnerable with them and and, just yourself exactly and not trying to pretend like everything's everything's good it's just like yeah we all all have our moments and stuff we do it's been so nice to talk to you i've enjoyed the conversation yeah, thank you so much palika and uh yeah i'll uh, i'll speak to you soon huge thank you to palika for doing that tune in next week we'll be chatting to comedian lauren patterson all about her life with new pup and instagram heartthrob ralph and we'll be exploring the social repercussions of odin's feud for the neighbor's cat has their cat escalated the situation to an unacceptable level and started leaving threatening messages for him? Find out next week. Say goodbye, Odin. Oh, that's pretty good. <laughs>